Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Annick Castle podcast. I'm Daniel Watkins. And I'm Deborah B. Cross. We have got a special episode coming up today. Yes, today's episode is a special one. It's a tribute to Richard Butler, who was piper to the Duke and Duchess of Northumberland for 40 years until his death this year. Earlier in the year, I was able to speak with Richard about the Northumbrian pipes, his role as an official piper, and what that all meant to him. You'll also hear selections from a few pieces played by Richard on his pipes. This podcast has been released with the kind permission of Richard's widow, and we hope you enjoy it. So, Richard, you are a piper, but what kind of piper is that? Ah, good question. Uh, I play an instrument called the Northumbrian Small Pipes. It is a bagpipe, exactly the same way that people probably from outside the area have seen the Scottish pipes. It is a bagpipe in respect. There is a bag under my left arm. The differences between the Scottish bagpipes and other bagpipes throughout the, 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 the world is basically I have a set of bellows under my right arm, which supplies the air into the bag. That's the same as the Irish Ullian pipes, which are called the elbow pipes. And then from the bag, the air is stored obviously in the bag, and then it goes to the drones, which produce the background harmony, and the chanter, which produces the melody. And a couple of idiosyncrasies of this set of bagpipes is number one, we have a lot of keys. And on my particular chanter, I have just over a two chromatic octave range. And it's tuned not to a bagpipe scale, but to, in essence, a Western music scale. I can play along with a piano or a violin and the two notes coincide exactly. But if you can listen in your head to, let's say, a set of Scottish pipes, uh, there's one or two notes which you think, mm, that's not quite right. That is incorrect. It is correct that that note is slightly flat. That's the bagpipe scale. So I'm not tuned to a bagpipe scale. So that's my chanter. And the drones produce the background harmony, which play in the background as I'm playing. And they're tuned to one of two notes, either the tonic or the dominant, as the chanter's playing. And the Northumbrian pipes sound a little bit different to the Scottish bagpipes that people might be more familiar with as well. Uh, absolutely correct. This, you've got to work out what the context of the bagpipes have traditionally been used in. Now, the, the Scottish bagpipes have been really used as a, a, a an instrument which is played outdoors. And it's often used as, as a ceremonial piper to lead processions outside. And I'm sure you've seen pipe bands, etc. We don't play like that. Uh, we play indoors, and I would say the volume is about the volume of a violin. Yes, I can play outdoors, uh, but the sound doesn't travel very well, and they're really played inside. They're, they're a chamber instrument, basically. Thank you, and I think now is a good time to hear a little example of that music. Yes, I'll play the the, the, the Rainbow Suite for you. There was a guy called uh, Bob Jeffries who, about 20 years ago, wrote a suite for the Northumbrian Pipes, which was basically piano and pipes, and this is the elegy from that piece of music, which I think is wonderful. Thank you. 
So that was some Northumbrian pipes played by Richard. But we are on the Annick Castle podcast. So what's the connection between the Northumbrian pipes and Annick Castle? Good question. Uh, since the formation of the dukedom, the Percy family started off with Duchess, uh, Duchess Elizabeth, and she appointed a piper to play at court functions. And that has happened. And it's been an unbroken line where the Duchess, and then it became the Dukes of Northumberland, have officially appointed a piper. So it actually goes back, right back to 1756. But prior to that, it was a well-known fact that musicians who were employed by the aristocracy. It was also employed by the town councils to play music around the town. So there was a tradition before 1756 of the Northumbrian pipes being played throughout the whole of Northumberland, Durham, Tyne and Wea area. And the formation of the dukedom and then the appointment of a piper put an official stamp on the respect for this instrument. And I'm really proud to be the fact that I'm the present Duke's Piper going right back. Has the instrument changed much since the middle of the 18th century, or is it essentially the same pipes being played now that would have been played in the time of the first Duke and Duchess? Essentially the same. The back, the bellows, the drones, essentially the same. The one thing that has is the chanter. And in the, the, the middle of the 18th century, it would be an instrument with what we call a keyless chanter, that it has no keys on it. So you were restricted to eight notes, basically do, re, mi, fa, so, la, ti, do, going up the scale, which was restrictive in some respects, but uh, the Northumbrian Pipers were very, very innovative and they produced some wonderful music based around those eight notes. And since the, the formation of the Duke to the present day, keys have slowly but surely been added to them and added to the chanter and we now end up with my chanter which actually has uh, 18 keys on it the traditional if you want to call it tradition the, the normal set of pipes is played now has got seven keys on it so it's an instrument and a tradition that's gone back with Annick castle more than 250 years have there been any notable individuals, other than yourself, of course, who've been the Duke's piper or the Duchess's piper over that time? Well, that, that's that's a good question. If you look at the annals of Northumbrian piping, there was one person who does kind of stand out. It's a guy called Jimmy Allen. And he was a, a, a gypsy from a place called Rothbury in, in Northumberland. And he was a, a good piper. He was a good entertainer. and he was never officially the Duke's Piper, but there's no shadow of doubt he played at the castle for the to-be-Duchess. I'm absolutely convinced of this. He was also a little bit of a rogue, and he actually ended up by being convicted of horse-stealing and was incarcerated in Durham Jail, ready for deportation to Australia. But, now this shows you the connection to the castle, he actually received a royal pardon from the Prince Regent. Now, a gypsy does not get a royal pardon from the Prince Regent unless strings are being pulled. He was never deported, but sadly 
he died in Dolan Jail and he's buried in Dolan Jail. And he was a larger than life character. And there's books written about him. And I would say that pretty well all pipers know about Jimmy Allen. So he, he was the person who really does stand out. I think now would be a good time to hear another piece of Northumbrian pipe music. So if you can give us another little introduction. Yes, that'd be very nice. I'll, I'll play a, a, a couple of pieces for you now. Um, whenever I play at the castle, um, the, the, the Duchess always asks me to play a particular piece called Elsie's Waltz. So here we are, Elsie's Waltz. Thank you very much for that. You've mentioned there you are now part of this long history of Pipers at the Castle. How does it feel being part of this unbroken line of musicians? I feel as I'm part of the, the, the tradition. I really do. And it's it's it really is an honour to be able to go and play for the Duke and Duchess. And I can go back and every time I walk into the castle, I'm walking in the footsteps of my ancestors i.e. piping ancestors, and I take that role very seriously. My job is there to, to, to play for the Duke and the Duchess, and I do it with reverence and I do it professionally. And I've actually done it now, I don't know if you know this, Daniel, I've actually done it for 40 years now. Happy anniversary. And I'll tell you a little story around that. And it shows you the importance that the present Duke puts on tradition. And when I was appointed to be the Duke's Piper in 1982, in that year, I received two letters. One letter, obviously I'd been appointed, but one letter was to say, will you please, if you can fit it into your diary, play for Her Majesty the Queen? I did accept that invitation. I did play for Her Majesty the Queen. The other letter I received was another very interesting letter. And it said, as the Duke's Piper, you will turn up at the Shrove Tuesday football match. Now, that to me indicated the importance that the Duke places on maintaining the tradition and making sure that that tradition is unbroken. So I was, in effect, commanded to play, my word commanded to play, at the Shrove Tuesday football match, which has been an annual event going right back. But, oh, by the way, could you possibly play for the Queen? <laughs> I always, I always, I, I always like that little story. What was more nerve-wracking, playing for the Queen or playing the football players on Shrove Tuesday down from Annick Castle to the pitch in a, a traditional football match? I'll, 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 I'll be honest with you. It was actually playing for the Annick football match because I had to, I had to leave the Duke out of the castle. Um, I had to leave the, all of the football teams down to, to the Hof, which is the field, at the bottom of, of the bank, down to the River Alm. And it was a, a position which I take very seriously. And when I played for, for Her Majesty the Queen and uh, the Duke of Edinburgh was there, I, I just played my, my pipes. I was just myself playing OK in my ceremonial uniform, which I always wear for the Duke and Duchess. 
what is your uniform? I know that Northumbrian plaid or Northumbrian tartan plays a big part in it. Yes, what, what I wear is I actually wear a lounge suit, you know, with a jacket and trousers, uh, nicely polished shoes, of course. And I have the plaid, which is actually sometimes called the Northumbrian tartan, sometimes called the shepherd's tartan. And it's basically the hound's tooth tartan, which if you have not seen that, it's this very similar to the Scottish bagpipe tradition where they, they wear, a, wear a plaid. I wear a beret and I wear the, the hackle. Now the hackle is the feather uh, which goes on the top of a cap. And if you think of, of army tradition, then that's the, the feather on the top of a hat. And as the Duke's Piper, I can wear a particular hackle, which is the, the, the feathers of the black cock, which is actually a, a bird, which is well-known in Northumberland, quite rare, but well-known in Northumberland. And I can wear that hackle as, as, as the Duke's Piper. And I also have three badges, which the Duke has given me to wear when I'm playing for the Duke but I can wear them outside if I'm playing privately as well. And that's basically the Saracen's Crest. So it's very easy to spot a Duke's Piper if you're ever at Annick Castle. And since 1982, that was during the time of the 10th Duke of Northumberland. The present Duke is the 12th. So of the 12 Dukes of Northumberland, you have played for three of them, a big part of that Annick Castle tradition. Yes, that's right. I've got that honour of actually playing for three Dukes. Definitely, yes. What is your favourite thing to play on the Northumbrian pipes? That's a, a very difficult one, actually. Um, I, I have difficulty <laughs> coming up with the answer to that question. I, I love the reels. I love the horn pipes. It's just the fact that I can play this instrument literally 60 years of playing now and 40 years of the Duke's Piper. It's part of me. And when I play, I can express myself through my music. So which is my favourite piece? It changes, Daniel. I can't possibly say answer that question because I love them all. Well, I think we'll uh, close off our conversation with another piece of music. Richard Butler, thank you very much for joining us on the Annick Castle podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. All the best, Daniel. And the last piece of music I'd like to play for you is a tune written by a Tyneside composer called The Locomotive Hornpipe. And I'm accompanied on that by some very good piping friends and a harpist and a pianist. So enjoy The Locomotive Hornpipe. That was me speaking with Northumbrian piper Richard Butler, who sadly passed away earlier this year. This episode of the Annick Castle podcast is the last one before we take a short break for Christmas, but we'll be back in the new year with some more special guests, more fascinating subjects and more history from Annick Castle. If there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about on the podcast, please let us know in the usual ways. Until then, I've been Daniel. And I've been Deborah. 
We hope all our listeners have a Merry Christmas and we'll see you in 2023. Bye. Bye.